Welcome to the Dr. Aaron Show. May you live your truth. Hello and welcome, you guys. I am so excited today for this uh, deep conscious conversation. So as you guys know, if you um, are on my podcast, uh, I have a daily Dr. Aaron, which is an 11 minute inspirational uh, morning talk where we connect to universal law, know the truth and get us into our day in right mind. And then if you follow me also on the Dr. Aaron show, we talk a lot more about universal laws, reprogramming the subconscious mind in the four areas of life, in your money and in your health, in your relationship and in your creative expression. But this right here is my favorite, which is having conversations about awakening. And um, I think it's important as spiritual leaders or anyone doing the work out there to have the conversations with other people that are successful, that have had, uh, you know, that aren't looked at kind of like insane people that look through the, that have seen through the veil in the universe. I think it's important to bring on people that look like normal people that have incredible stories of awakening. And so that's really the intention of this show today. So I am so proud to um, introduce Chloe Love, who is a music mogul. She is a mom. She has her MPA and her MBA, and she basically works with all types of clients. She's a serial entrepreneur, I can relate. And she works with uh, corporate services, entertainment services. She's basically a badass, let's just face it. And she's also a boss lady. So thank you so much for taking the time today. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Mm. So where in the world are you today? Um, today I am preparing for a private industry event tonight, a music industry event tonight. And I'm just running around <laughs> doing some last minute um, preparations. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? What's that event tonight? So um, Ryan Leslie, uh, he's a music producer and an artist, is having a private listening event as mm -hmm. well as I believe he's launching an app. So um, I was invited to that with my husband, who's also my artist and producer. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm, so cool. I'm very curious to see. Don't you think it's cool, like what's happening in, in the industry as far as like, you know, we had the whole, of course, online and social media and all that stuff so important. But it seems to me like every day there are so many events where people want to meet up. Like last night I went to Michelle Williams' event um, actually up at this really cool penthouse hilltop mm -hmm. a workspace. And, you know, it's just cool how people are coming together to build brands, be conscious, network, and, and hang out with cool peeps. Absolutely. I, I, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. So, you know... I want to dive in today about your actual awakening, and I hear that you're writing a book about your awakening. Is that correct? Absolutely, yes. Um, so uh, it's so funny because my understanding or my overstanding now is so different from mm -hmm. who I was. Um, it's the same person, but it's just being able to see through your third eye, in a sense. And um when you when you see things clearly, you understand how much is programmed into your life and you realize it's not learning new behavior, but it's unlearning taught behaviors. Amen, and sister, right? Taught, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's taught mentalities and and even your eyes, <clears throat> for example, your eyes cannot see. Your eyes capture pictures and your brain tells your eyes what that is. So you're literally blind in a sense. You, you know what I mean? Totally. And, um, 
it's, it's retraining the brain to understand perspective so that it can train your eyes to compute the pictures of what it's seeing or communicate to your eyes what it's really seeing. I love that. And, um, my so wait, so is, take us take us back though. I want to because I, I think that all the truths and all the takeaways are important. But I think mm-hmm. how people relate is by the, our actual stories. Like what actually happened? Like were you were you raised in a religious home or what was your did you have faith before your awakening or cuz just because someone has faith does mm-hmm, not mean mm-hmm. that they've necessarily had an awakening, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a great question. So I wasn't raised particularly in a religious home, but I, um, my grandmother and my mom grew up Pentecostal. So I've always believed in God and I was taught to grow up believing in Jesus. And, um, you know, the devil is bad, angels, heaven, hell. So I grew up under those um, guidelines. And my mom came to this country when she was 15, so she didn't really stick to those religious um, guidelines, although she told us and she tried to take us to church sometimes. I wasn't like um, one of those kids who had to go to Sunday school, Wednesday night prayer, and all of that stuff. I literally can count how many times I've been to church in my childhood. So um, at a point in my life with my business, I realized that nothing that I did I couldn't keep a dollar in my hand. Mm. So I had all this great success. We were making all this good money. We had celebrities coming in, great accounts. Our music was going out. Our artists were being booked for shows. And then one day it's just like, it all dried up. It it seemed like instantly overnight. And no matter what I did, I couldn't keep a dollar in my hand. So I stepped back and I said, something something supernatural has to be happening Mm -hmm. and I'm not a conspiracy theory person and I'm not, um, the type of person who don't take accountability if I'm doing something wrong. But when I really sat back and, and, and looked at it and I said, um, this doesn't make sense. Everything is being followed down to the T everything that you can do in marketing and business. I'm doing everything right that I've continued to do, but things just are not something is wrong. It just doesn't feel right. It feels like something else is fighting me, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't awoke yet. So I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know what that, what that looked like. You know what I mean? I just knew something was off, but I didn't know to the depths of what that something was. And a prophet came for me. Mm -hmm. I had never seen this man in my life. I had never, and oh, so when when I, I started going to church, um, because my recording studios were robbed, so oh. I started going to church, and um, I ended up going to church because every, one particular day, at least eight people asked me to go. So I said to myself, "All right, well, the Most High has a message for me today. I don't think it it matters where I go as long as I go for the message." Right. So I went, and the pastor was like, "Oh, the person who." robbed your place, you know, and I never told him that I got robbed. Mm -hmm. So he was like, it's someone in your circle. And, um, they knew that that wasn't by chance what happened to you. He wasn't your typical pastor. He was tapped in for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was a prophet. He can prophesize. And, um, I went for that message that day. I didn't continue. My mom was helping a client find, she does real estate. She was helping a client find a apartment. And I had went to, I have got, I had gotten to a point where 
I was losing my mind. Like literally I started hallucinating and, um, seeing like myself, I, I can't explain it, but it's like, it looked at one point where myself was sitting across from me speaking to me. Wow. And I remember feeling, Oh, this is it for me. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I've completely lost my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, 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 I'm done, you know, and I didn't suffer with like mental illness or anything like that. Like I've never had any issues. This all just hit me out of nowhere overnight. And the gentleman said to my mom, you need to bring your daughter to me because tomorrow would be too late. And I remember feeling that day, um, I didn't want, I wasn't suicidal, but I didn't care if tomorrow came or not because I was just Mm over everything Mm -hmm. I was feeling. And, um, he came and he prayed with us. He prayed with my, myself, my husband and my mom. And he explained to us about people's energies and how important it is to keep our energy safe. Mm -hmm. And what had happened was people who are around us, um, even though they smiled in our face, they, they envied my relationship with my husband. They envied the things I was doing in my business. And he had told us, but don't worry, you don't have to look for them because they will start to show themselves. And without a doubt, within the next month, um, if we had 50 people on the team, it was down to 10. Hmm. Everyone just started showing their true colors outside of that. So that was my first awakening to understanding things past the carnal that can manifest into your carnal reality. Mm. And um, so on and so forth, as I opened up my mind to this understanding, literally people would walk up to myself and my husband on the street and deliver messages and um, very specific, not generalized messages like someone from the other side is calling you. I'm talking about people would walk up to us and give names, specific names, um, of things that was happening around us. And they would always tell us, but don't worry, your destiny is X, Y, Z, or you're going here. This is what's going to happen. So when things look a certain way, don't let it break you down. So what I understood was the universe and the most high giving you that reassurance because we all have the right to make decisions and a decision can change the course of your destiny. People think that, um, oh, well, I was written a bad hand, or if my destiny is this, that, then it's going to be. But no, if if I do something, God forbid, today or tomorrow that ends my life and I never got into that destiny, then it was a choice that I made that made that distinction in how it ended. So, well I, yeah, so we kept getting these reassurances from people to the point where it was almost a little scary because there were people. And the thing about it, there were people of all different races and backgrounds. It wasn't just Christian people. So even though I grew up Christian, we had, um, pundits who are Indian holy men, Mm -hmm. particularly them. They started to come and deliver messages, very specific messages. Um, we had Muslim. I mean, there were Mm -hmm. so many different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. which, also opened my mind to a bigger understanding of religion in a whole being a, um, a pinhole or a box to spirituality. So I didn't want to be pinholed in a box of religion. I understood at that point, it wasn't about going to church and being religious, but it was about being spiritually healthy. And in that spirituality, there's an acceptance that you can be I can learn from this person. I can learn from that person because if the 
heart is pure and the gift is there, it doesn't matter the category that they put themselves in. Mm -hmm. If the heart is pure and the gift is there. I, so I agree. You know, it's, I think it's so, I think this is, I just want to say thank you so much for just being so vulnerable. And I call it coming out of the spiritual closet because it, it's kind of scary, especially like someone who you that probably, I would imagine a lot of your, you know, community is, um, you know, Jesus fans. I'm a Jesus fan, yeah. but you yeah, know, and it's scary to talk about anything other than Jesus. Right. And, Absolutely. and I think it's really important. I feel like it's so important to share our stories because it opens people up for possibility. And they're like, wait a second. So if she was somebody that came from a Jesus background, she had this experience and she still believes in Jesus, but she also mm -hmm. believes in, you know, all this other stuff that, Oh, maybe there's something more going on here more and, out there right Absolutely. and it's important also to you know not just hear spiritual stories of you know burning man people and people that take mm -hmm. you know ayahuasca and this stuff like i want it to be like you can wear high heels and have spiritual awakening like is you know it's so it important certain things. no I'm so glad you said that because i posted a picture of me the other day and i'm like you know i have bright lipstick on and i have on um like urban couture clothes. And I'm like, corporate doesn't look like a particular thing. Don't think because I am a serial entrepreneur and I am successful that I'm going to drink my tea with my pinky out. I'm going to be in all black pantsuits all the time. Right. Or it doesn't look like a particular thing. So don't judge the book by the cover. That's right. And that's important that you said that. And that's why a lot of people shy away from both religion and spirituality, because they believe that you have to look like this or act like, and that's so far from the tr truth, but that's created within the boundaries of religion. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in Jesus Christ and I'm not, I cannot say I'm religious anymore. And I think that the church prepares you, mm -hmm. but I think it's just like anything else. If you play a game, if you read a book, it's a chapter, but you're supposed to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. I think the church and, um, not just the the Catholic Church, but the the mosques, the 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 temples. I think they all prepare you for the bigger understanding that there's more to life than us. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the first basis of of it is. So which whether whichever way you come into it, it's still the opening of your mind that there is more to life than us. Because even when you read amongst the books, the majority of the stories are different. But just someone may not eat pork and someone may not eat beef and someone believes it's, it's just very small variations that separate them. Right. And, and, and it's perception, right? Like the, I am the way, you know, as Jesus Christ mm -hmm. said, it doesn't necessarily mean that I am the only way Jesus is the, I am consciousness that I am exactly. consciousness. That's one with everything. And so it's really just a perception shift. It's the same teaching. It it's, you know, it's just so funny. Don't you think? Absolutely. And I think that I said this to someone yesterday, Perspective changed the definition of something. Mm -hmm. Perspective literally changes what something becomes because your perspective of it is your reality. So when I read the when I read the Bible when I was younger versus me saying, okay, I've seen life differently and let me read it now, it's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. The same words have different meanings, which ultimately changes the story. The part that people say, well, um, it's blasphemous. I used to ask my mom all the time, Zeus, Hades, um, Ares, and Athena, where do these people, they had to have been seeing something for these people to believe, but they're saying it's blasphemous that they're calling these people gods. And then when I read into it, it says that I am the most high God. 
which Thank is an you. acknowledgement Thank that you. there are other entities that exist. That's right. So you wouldn't have had to say the most high if it was the only one. So I'm like, it's just like anything in else. And I think we build everything in life off of that same council. You have the most high God who would be the president, but maybe there's a vice president. There's a, a, a supervisor. There's a chairman, a CEO. You know, there are other entities that are put in place to oversee because it's billions of us, mm -hmm. but I am the most high. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I mean completely. But also I feel like it's, I honor people for wherever they're at and I honor people's, because it's really a lot of it's semantics for people. And so I just want to honor, I don't want to make a religion wrong also just because I feel like there's so many Absolutely. different, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so many different relationships with that religion for each person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, and I, I don't make it wrong or right. I do think it's a platform, but I think with anything and anything in life, it's a platform that is supposed to help you ascend into something else. So I think when you ascend into it, um, I believe that intelligence is a part of a conscious library that we're all connected to. So I do believe that we can tap in mentally and learn what someone else has learned through that conscious library. There's no question. I mean, the supernatural abilities are, you know, people go, well, why do you want to meditate? Or why do you want to do this? Like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Like, do you know the superpowers it turns on? Do you exactly. know the highs that exactly. you get off of this natural stuff? I mean, it's so profound. So I want to hear the rest of your story, though. So here you are. You mm -hmm. have come to a place where you realize that you can't keep money. You've had, mm -hmm. you know, someone... Uh, rob you, you have had mm -hmm. prophecy, You've, you're walking down the streets, people are giving you messages, all these things are happening. Mm -hmm. And then what? So then I'm here with all this information and all this stuff, but it doesn't look like life is changing fast enough. So I'm like, well, what does this mean? Because, okay, I've been told that I'm going to be richer than I can imagine, but every day I'm looking for the billions, you know what I mean? And it's, 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 it's in a point where, yeah, I'm living great, but I haven't ascended to where I want to be or what my goals are. So I'm still trying to figure out what's going on here. And for a while, I couldn't keep money for a while, um, even through. So I went through a spiritual walk of like cleansing. Um, some people use sage, some people use, um, certain incense to kind of like rid certain, um, energies from you or to protect yourself with different things that you meditate or you cover yourself with. So I went through those changes of purifying my energy, purifying, um, people that were around me. And then I, I got to a point where I said, I would keep going to this person or that person. Hey, what should I do next? What do I need to do next? Right. And I got to a point where I said, well, well, God forbid something happens to this person. I don't want to be dependent on my spirituality from someone else. So I meditated and I prayed for, um, my own enlightenment. I meditated to be shown the way on how I can manifest things for myself, how I can have understandings to foresee things before it happens. I, I prayed for the gift of prophecy and the knowledge of Samson. That was my prayer. So, and that's a great and, point. I think it's a very important point to um, showcase mm -hmm. and to highlight because I believe if there's a teacher out there for anyone that's listening and they, you know, they preach that their way is the only way or, they, or you need them or even a psychic mm -hmm. that I think is dangerous and I believe the only mm -hmm. real teacher or guru anyone should be seeking is someone that's teaching you how to embody this work yourself. Exactly. And I had gotten to that point and um, I met someone who said to me, 
literally start with 10 minutes a day of meditation. He said, I can tell you, oh, if you give me $10,000, this, or if you go buy that, that. But he said, literally, get those little white candles, sticks for a dollar, put a glass of water, lukewarm or cool, and just focus on it and meditate and clear your mind for 10 minutes of a day. Start with that. Start with 10 minutes and then work up from there. And you'd go from clearing your mind to focusing on a particular thought for that whole duration of what you want it to manifest into. And you'll see how life changes for you. Mm -hmm. You can do this for yourself. You don't need to ask anybody this. And I think the process of me and, and the people that came into my life did help. But I think the process of me going through all these different things, I remember one time I'm like, okay, this one's telling me this one. This one's telling me to do this. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard. The Bible said that we are gods on earth, but we will die like mortals because of our sins. But if I'm a God on earth, then I said, well, I need to figure out how to tap into the God in me. That's right. And when I answered that question, when I asked that question, there was, there's no way to explain it. There's no particular answer, but you know it when it's been heard because of the things that start to align and manifest around you. And um, I feel like that's when you have your awakening. Because as you start to notice that there's no longer coincidence, there is only alignments, yeah. mm -hmm. then you can start to understand and learn the patterns and see things. Every time something good was about to happen to us, something bad tried to throw us off. And it's so obvious now that it's almost elementary and a joke for us. Well, you know, something bad tried to manifest and, and take that or rob us from it because we used to fall for it. You know, you lose your temper. You don't know better. But now we just let it go. And literally the next week, something huge will happen. Mm -hmm. And it's also uh, in the first chapter of my book, I talk a lot about um, that, that serendipitous space that you can be in when you're in the zone, I call it. Uh, but we have to know there's another mm -hmm. term. It's called zemblanity. And it's actually... Mm -hmm like the negative things that happen. And sometimes we think, oh, that we must not, that must not be a coincidence, but everything is a coincident of the consciousness. So even those, Absolutely. you know, those bad things are just another projection of, of what's going on at the soul level. So when you mm -hmm. clear up and, you know, I love that you said a counterintuitive process, because I a hundred percent agree. It's really releasing the programming that we have. And when we do that, we get more and more into what feels like serendipity, but it's really also that we just we've cleared up those limiting beliefs that are causing the Absolutely. bad things to happen in our life as well, right? Absolutely. We're dropping the programming. That's right. We're dropping the things that keep us in one space because if we are able, if everyone is able to tap into the levels that we can go, it's a scary thing for government. It's a scary thing for people in control, dictators. You know, it's a scary thing. So... We, they have to put these things in place in order to control the masses. It, it just, it, it literally makes sense when you look at it from that point of view. There's more of us than they are people in power. Mm -hmm. So um, it's important that they, they, they keep those um, veils over people's eyes because it would be harder for them to, to do some of the things that they do to a whole nation of conscious, open-minded right. <laughs> unveiled people, you know what I mean? So I get it on both parts and I'm just glad that I'm no longer um, on the sheep side. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm grateful. So so we, we keep cutting off on your story, but I think it's kind of profound because we're kind of going, diving into an aspect of a mm -hmm. distinction within your story. But then, so mm -hmm. now you have, you've gone, okay, I'm meditating every day. The veil mm -hmm. comes off. You begin to mm -hmm. really tap into the God within and mm -hmm. now what? 
So then um, we were at the, the, the brink of like, okay, things started coming in slowly. But um, we, <laughs> believe it or not, a guy walked into my husband and said, things are going to change um, around August. Something big is going to happen that's going to reset a lot of stuff for you. And I kid you not, um, a post office person came to my house and said, here, someone told me to give this to you. It had no return address or anything. And it was $10,000. What? I swear to you, it was $10,000. We sat with it for like three weeks waiting for <gasps> someone to come for it. We didn't know. We didn't know. There was no way to get back to this person or, or even the son of thank you or no nothing. And this was two over two years ago. Whoa. And that, that, that $10,000 allowed us to invest into the music that put us back on the map. And I tell people all the time, you, you don't always know the answers of how you just need to know that you need it and the universe and the most high will align it for you and bring it somehow. And that's what a miracle is. A miracle is something that cannot be explained, cannot be foreseen and cannot be planned because you couldn't plan that. Yeah, we call it outlining in my line of work um, as a as a new thought minister. We call it outlining that if you try and control the how or figure out the how, that's that's outlining. You're not allowing the abundance and the brilliance and the miracle of the universe to exactly. deliver it. So you need to open exactly. up your mind. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So that happened, um, and it kicked us back on top with the promo and everything we were able to do. Um, A and E came and shot the notorious B I G story. Um, they shot part of it at my recording studio, so that's out on title now. That was on the A&E Network. So we became a part of history with that because Faith Evans premiered The King and I um, there. Um, so many hits came out from my studio in the last year and a half um, that went platinum. And um, the last kid that I was just working with, um, Blackway, I A&R'd. And a record for him that got him signed to Republic. So things just started manifesting, but then bad things tried to start to happen. Like people would try to do certain things and we would just, ah, we don't care. Things that we would feed into before when we were at a lower state in our, mm -hmm. our consciousness, um, doesn't really anger me the way that it used to before. And then right. it just kind of disappears. Yeah. It literally just kind of loses its power and disappear. And, um, currently we're looking for a second space because I opened up a nonprofit. So in the day, we actually teach um, these arts programs and we do a uh, micro society and we do these arts programs from recording, um, fashion, DJing with high school students in the 11th and 12th grade. And then the evenings, we, we use the recording studio for industry right. events. And you have women so, with voices. Is that the nonprofit you're talking about? That's one of the nonprofits. The other nonprofit, um, that's one of the nonprofits. That's a women's empowerment nonprofit. Mm -hmm. The other nonprofit is um, Micro Moguls. That's for the students. Okay, and then got we it. have um, NYC Clean Up Nice, which is a homeless initiative to try to cure homelessness or to try to help homelessness in NYC. Wow. So the Women with Voices um, Empowerment, um, Women's Empowerment, was actually launched March 31st, and I launched it with a um, award ceremony and gala. We had 150 people come out and it was amazing. So since then I <laughs> was able to get a fantastic board and we just got two spaces donated to us. 
um, in Brooklyn where we'll be doing monthly workshops. We'll be hosting events and we'll be functioning as our headquarters. So I'm really excited about that. And um, I just stay and meditate within the positivity. And my first thing was, oh, I needed a building. I needed this much money for a space or I needed this. You know what I mean? On my um, my proposal, again, I felt I needed this money to get this space. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I just need a space. However it comes, it comes. And when I said that, a board member joined and said she wanted her contribution to be the two spaces that she owns. Wow. So right? again, when you, when you, when you don't try to control the narrative of how it's going to come, but just put what you need, you allow the universe to work how it needs to work to bring you what you need, not what you're asking for, but what you need. Preach it. Right. I mean, it's so good. Uh, it's so fascinating. And so you have all these different endeavors you're up to. What would you say is your main mission? Because you have like a, you know, plethora of so many different creations you're up to. Um, I'm sorry, that last part chipped in. Can you what, it? what would you say is your actual mission? Could you distill it down into a sentence or two? Oh, yeah. So my, my actual mission, um, it, it variates. Um, so one of the things I want to showcase is I want to be the next youngest black billionaire. That's mm, my goal. Right? Great goal uh, to have. Yeah, she's 41 right now. She's from Africa and it was inherited. Um, my, 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 my mission with Women With Voices is to unite women of all different creeds, colors, and backgrounds and bring us together to support and uplift each other. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? It sounds very generic and cliche. Well, with my event, there were women there from the ages of 18 to the ages of 60 something. Mm -hmm. Everyone was in a different working class. There were some that were entrepreneurs. There were some that were working class people. There were some stay at home moms, but there was no judgment. There was no levels to I'm better than you or, or not. And no matter what anyone was going through, we were able to support them and see them where they were at and be there for them and network. And a lot of people made connections through my, um, my event, we honored some women for their stories. They told their stories and inspired other women in the um, room. And I created an online platform that's kind of like Facebook, but it's for women by women mm-hmm. that we can join in and continue on an online um, platform. And it's completely free. Right. I think that's so, a fascinating conversation because uh, I, w- I was just talking about this because I was at M- that Michelle Williams event last night. And quite frankly, it was all African-American women. There's two white girls there, if you will. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of events I go to, I, I spoke at a Boss Babe uh, event two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. there was probably four African-American girls and all white girls there, right? So it was like, mm-hmm. What's, mm-hmm. what's the deal, women? Let's all get together. And exactly. so I, it's time. You know, it's time it's to not time. only... We want equality in all areas. Let's have equality in our own, you know, uh, getting together in these women events. And and there's been so many women events popping up and and people ask me to speak and just come and all this stuff. And it's so cool. But I am, I'm finding there's like different genres, which is okay. That's fine. But at the same time, I've not found one that's really bringing all those different demographics. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was so proud that mine showcased so many different demographics. And one of the press... The press members asked me, like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, it's a part of my mission statement, you know, and I was just very proud that my mission statement showcased in my work. And um, I knew I didn't want to make it something that was just for black women, because I felt that um, if we're talking about support and equality, that it cannot be non-inclusive for all women. And 
the, my, my message to women is that we are the minority. It's not about color. It's about the, the ways that we are oppressed as women and the ways that we are, you know, overlooked. So, um, I was speaking to one of my board members who's white and I was telling her, I said, you know, no one really stands up and says, we say black power for, you know, black women's rights, Asian women's rights, and, you know, Indian women's rights because of all the oppressions that are known Mm -hmm. historically, but no one really stands up for and says, you know, white women's rights and white power is, um, attributed to a group of people who oppressed other people. And I'm like, you know, that's really not fair because it puts a lot of white women in a stance where they, they're not in a space where they don't feel like they can talk out and be proud of who they are yeah. because they're going to automatically be looked as racist. And I said, we all have to stand up for you guys. Thank we all you have for to saying that. You're my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, the stick, the, 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 the stereotypes that are put on white women that nobody's mm-hmm. addressed where a man from another race would be like, Oh, I don't want to deal with a black woman's um, attitude or um, a Spanish girl's attitude. So I'm just going to get me a white woman. And that's so disrespectful to just feel like white women are people who are going to automatically be submissive and take your shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's so much stuff that white women go through that no one's speaking up for. And um, I brought it back to slavery. I said, slavery was something that people are saying, you know, the white man has oppressed. And I said, yes, but they have not oppressed anyone more than they did the white woman. And I'm Mm going to tell you why. Mm -hmm. Slavery was something that was put into place by the white man. The white man then turned around to the white woman and said, even though we don't think that these people are intelligent, they are ignorant and they're less than humans, we would still rather them both than you because they're still men. If that wasn't like a biggest slap or spit in the face, I don't know what could be. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no one's speaking up about that. And I feel like that's where the stigma started of being submissive or just taking whatever because of what Mm -hmm. was done by the white man to the white woman. And I'm telling them, you may think that, um, they, 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 they have more rights or they're treated so much better. It's just like maybe a 5% margin. If you look at the, the records of what's being paid, a white woman may pay, may pay may be paid 5 or 10% more than a black woman. But a black man or a white man is going to be paid 40 to 50% more than the both of us. <sighs> so it's not, it's not as far as you think it is. And we have to come together and collectively understand that, that we have to come together as a minority race, the female race and push forward. And that's what my organization has to do. It's people are so afraid to speak race because there's so much that comes with it. People are so afraid to be called certain things. There's so much conversation that's not being had because it's so touchy. But we're going to have to just shake that up and um, mm-hmm. make the people uncomfortable because it's, <laughs> there's no there's no growth in comfort and there's no comfort in growth. And that's what my initiative with that Women's With Voices is. And I'm so grateful to have a diverse board. We have someone that's uh, Moroccan, Middle Eastern. We have white girls. We have black girls. We currently don't have anyone Asian on the board, which I would love Mm -hmm. to have someone, but just not to fill a demographic, but someone who's going to bring stuff to the table and also explain things about your culture that we don't know and bring that to the table and Mm -hmm. show us how to come together and bring enlightenment enlightenment through the world about what's going on in your culture. One of the initiatives we want to do is we want to address those stereotypes we just talked about by race and then bring it all together and understand that this is still just one woman's problem. So if someone's over here saying that, oh, white women are this and white women are that, it's still every woman's problem. So we're going to all come out and talk about it. We're going to all support that Mm -hmm. initiative. If it's black women that's being um, looked at as a, we're going to all talk about it, white, black, indifferent, and we're all going to come out and we're going to support that. So that's how we 
showcase and we, 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 we make a difference in just saying that. We're coming out as a unit for every stereotype for every race, but we're coming out as one race. That's so profound, Chloe, honestly. It's, I mean, it's so, so needed. And, and thank you for saying all that. And I do agree in that as a, you know, I, as a white girl, I guess you'd say, Mm -hmm. even though I'm really a melting pot for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it's one of those things that it's a real, it's a real touchy thing. You know, it's a real touchy thing to talk about, uh, how you feel, you know, as far as, Mm -hmm, you know, you mm -hmm. can't, you can't voice as far as, because we've been so blessed in so many ways that it's hard Mm -hmm. to really think about something like, you know, having our voting rights beats. Like, it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is really ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but I agree. And a hundred percent that I think at least as women, we need to come together as all different races, different sizes, different ages. I mean, ageism. Mm-hmm. Talk about a freaking talk about something that is gross in our culture. We have such ageism; mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. um, any way I can serve, any way I can collaborate, I just think that it is. It's time. It's time. This Absolutely. is our time. And uh, I, I mean, I don't identify as a woman, quite frankly, in my spirituality. Mm-hmm. I identify as a spiritual being. I don't identify as a woman, mm-hmm. man, or whatever. However, um, I still feel uh, that this is the time, and I've been mm-hmm. chosen to have this body in this lifetime. So, so be it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we have work to do in that in, in this time and in this body. And I'm very f- happy that you said that because it, it, it does acknowledge the fact that we do come back and we do it depending on what we're here to do our task as we do it as that, you know, yeah. so um, I'd love to keep in contact and, and keep you updated on what's going on and see how we can come together as well. And you can join the movement with us. Absolutely. We'll have to bring it on out like- to L.A. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. That's we want to actually have something in LA, so we can definitely talk about that because um, we've expanded to Jersey and DC so far. I love that. That's so cool, and um, I just love that you've come out of your spiritual closet and that you are no, you make no excuses. You're like, I am going to tell you my story, and this is how it is, <laughs> yes. and this is my experience, and this is like it's shameless and beautiful, so gorgeous. And I would say for me, you know, what's cool about these interviews for me is when I was going through my awakening, I had to have these profound things that happen within meditation and prayer. And then I'd come out and I'd read, uh, you know, some great philosophers work and I go, wait, they are saying the same thing as whatever I was, um, uh, you know, having insight around. And for me, these, these interviews are so important about awakening because, Everyone says the same thing, you know, so how can, yeah. you know, so many people across the globe when they go through awakening say the exact same things because there is truth and there is truth that comes through mm-hmm. when you are awakening. And that's the common denominator that I want, you know, I want in my life to go, uh, you know, she was the expert in awakening. She did, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of interviews around mm-hmm. awakening and there were common denominators. And this is what is now a scientific study, really, because when you Absolutely. have that many people... And um, it's important for people to know that you can be a boss lady, you can be uh, fabulous, you can have material wealth, and you can be a mom, you can be all these things, and you can go through a spiritual awakening and know the God within. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is important. So tell um, the audience where they can find you. (laughs) Okay, you can find me on Instagram at Chloe Love, which is C-L-O-E-L-U-V, or my um, website, which is ChloeLove.com, which is www.C-L-O-E-L-U-V.com. 
And by the way, I always, and you can you know, ask my co-host, I am a firm believer that our names have our calling, uh, our destiny in them. And I think your name is so beautiful. I mean, it's, is that your, your actual birth name? No, someone gave me that name. Mm-hmm. Chloe Love, I think, was the is the green goddess. Um, and he just felt that I was really low. And my husband gave me that name, actually. He started calling me Chloe Love out of nowhere. Yep. And I remember asking him, why do you call me that? And he was like, Chloe Love is the green goddess. And um, um, I think he thought she was the green goddess of wealth. But when I looked it up, she was of like fertility and manifestation, period. I love that. And um, he was like, I just, you're just so loving. So I'm just going to call you Chloe Love. And everyone just started calling me Chloe Love. Right. So that's what I consider your spiritual name. So oftentimes people will change their name once they've gone through an awakening because they have overcome their karmic debt of their lineage and they get to choose Mm -hmm. a new name. So that is your Mm -hmm. spiritual name. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Thank you. I love that. Okay. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you again for all your time. You too. Thank you for having me. Yes. And we will, we will speak soon.